0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about depression. Um, We're going to hit on its causes and coping strategies that you can use, including hypnosis. And as always, I'm going to be giving away a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned.
0: Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright.
1: What is going on, people? It is David Wright here, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. You're looking amazing, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. You're welcome. You as well. Aw. Yeah. It's, it's it's hoodie season. I'm so excited. <laughs> hoodie, well, it got a little chilly as I've been I've been wearing t-shirts and shorts since March, since I haven't had to see clients in person. <laughs> right. So it's gonna get it's gonna be an adjustment to put pants on. <laughs> We're live in the podcast Detroit Northville Studios. Well, live for you watching on Facebook, not yeah. live for you people listening to the podcast. We are
0: on your Facebook page too.
1: Fantastic. So welcome to my followers on my Facebook page. Um, I know i got a lot of people on there, so that's great. Hopefully they'll, they'll chime in. Yeah. If you're, if you happen to be watching live, throw me a shout out on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Matt will let me know. And, um, yeah, you got it. Glad to have you aboard you my Facebook fans. <laughs> so speaking of, let me show you, let me, well, I was going to say show you, but I'll tell you where you can find me. My website is motorcityhypnotist.com on the website. You can find my podcast, my store. You can also, in, in, uh, in a couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about stage hypnosis again. So you can see uh, a bunch of clips from my shows as well, and links to full recordings of a lot of my hypnosis shows. So that will be something to check out. You can find me on Facebook at Motor City Hypnotist, on YouTube, Motor City Hypnotist, also on Twitter and Instagram, both at Motor City Hypno. And I'm also on Patreon. So if you'd like to contribute financially to the show, um, Patreon, for those of you who don't know, I know I've explained it a few times, but it is a site for creators. And uh, it's a site where you can help support creators, do what they do. In this case, it's our podcast. And for a minimal amount per month, you can get free stuff and also support the channel. So uh, check that out. and I would very much appreciate it. And, Probably the most important thing is wherever you're listening, um, Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, uh, leave a like um, and and leave a review for the show and and, and subscribe. That's the big thing. Uh, That gives us more visibility, helps us get out there and helps us to get more people to listen, which is, of course, what we want. And as always on every episode, I'm giving away my free hypnosis guide. Now, I know I say this every time you might get immune to it, but this is a PDF that I wrote. Um, pretty, it's a general description and and also covers myths and misconceptions. And the great thing on the hypnosis guide is that if you if you get that, you'll be on my mailing list. Also, don't let that scare you, but you'll find out uh, ahead of time on things that I'm doing. Once shows start up again, hopefully soon, you'll you'll get notified of those as well. Um, so check that out. Um, and, and again, it's a free hypnosis guide, no cost to you. And um, yeah, that covers all of the things that I need to plug for now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not? it.
1: I'm sure there's more. There, there probably is more. All right. Um, and even as I'm talking, I'm getting my pages for my <laughs> outline in order. <laughs> so if People hear some rattling yeah. in the background That that don't worry about that. <laughs> That's just you being an organizer. That, that's what that is. It is. is. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> Actually, you know what I was looking for? I was looking for my winner of the week. Ooh, is it winner? That's how winning is done. All righty. Our winner of the week. One of our favorite things this one it's it's just a cool story i I feel bad for i'll I'll preface it by saying I feel bad for the boy. so this one actually comes from Michigan, which is cool Jackson county so there there's a small boy um
0: it's not jail related
1: no no okay <laughs> no there there's a there's a boy um and they don't they don't have his age in the in the in the story, but I saw the picture, so he's probably three four-ish okay, but he has a cleft lip mm. in his top lip mm-hmm. like right here. So his his father, his name's Brandon. Actually, the son's name is Bentley, but the father's name is Brandon Boyer. So he was he went to a Jackson County animal shelter um, to look at chickens. I don't didn't I didn't know animal shelters had chickens. Neither did I. But I guess they do because that's why. <laughs> That's why he, he went there. All animals need to be rescued. Okay, just, <laughs> right. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I just, I just didn't know they would have chickens. He <laughs> has a brain like a chicken. Yeah. Well, maybe he does. But but he was looking at chickens. But then he saw this two month old puppy, and this puppy had a cleft lip. Aw. Yeah. It was kind of a, it's kind of a mixed breed. Looked like kind of a, maybe a terrier type thing. Okay. So he bought the puppy and brought it home to his two-year-old son, Bentley. That's adorable. So that he could have a dog with, with, this, with the same challenges he did. That is absolutely adorable. Yeah, isn't it? And the dad said, to see him have something in common with a puppy means a lot because he can grow up and understand that he and his puppy both have something that they can share in common. Huh. Um, the shelter posted heartwarming photos of Bentley and his new best friend to their official Facebook account. And the shelter said, it's so hard to put into words how meaningful this adoption is to all of us, so we're going to let the pictures speak for themselves. Um, And then they said, introducing Bentley and his new puppy, at two years old, with surgeries, the the, the young boy, with surgeries already under his belt for his cleft lip, Mm -hmm. Bentley found this match today, and this tiny pup who also has a cleft lip. They instantly loved each other. That is very, very cool. Yeah, cool cool story. So, kudos to the dad. I I mean – it's got to be challenging to have a, a child with with any sort of of challenge or disability, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just just the 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 the, the kid will never forget that. Right. No, he changed. It's so meaningful for him.
0: I, I'm going to reference Cobra Kai, the oh, new the new yes. Netflix uh-huh. uh, the show that's out there. It's at, yeah. it's been out there for a couple of years with yep. YouTube, but now it's on Netflix. You know what? Dad changed the script. Ah. That's all he did. Yep. To help his changed, son. The, yeah, Exactly.
1: That's absolutely. Great. Yeah. And and it and I, I'll have the link to the story in the show notes. It's it's a great story. Plus, it has the pictures which you, which you'll want to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those will be in the um, show notes. So check that out. And, and great story. Thank so you. That, for that is why actually Bentley and Brandon the dad are our winners of the week. How is done. That, that's a great winner there.
0: Yep. Awesome. I, I, li- I, I like these stories that you find. These are the feel-good things that we need.
1: Well, you know the challenge, Matt? And I, and I love finding them because they're great stories and I, it just makes you feel good. And, and it shows you there is good in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to look hard to find a lot of these. I bet. I do bet that. W- yeah. Which is a shame. It, it, and I have found sites that are like good news sites and good news stories. and mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're not really personal. They're like – and not that, not that these other things are bad, but, but such as, you know, this country reduced their carbon emissions by 30%. Mm. I'm like, which is good, mm-hmm. but that's not, you know. That doesn't give you the good doesn't give Yeah, it doesn't give you the, yeah, the, the, the nice feeling in the gut. Right, right. Yeah. Great, I can breathe better. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's get on to our topic. Yes, please. So, back to it. So this, this may not give you a good feeling because I know a lot of you out there have suffered from depression, and that and that's what we're going to address today. So as, as many of you know, and maybe some of you are listening for the first time, I've been practicing clinically as a therapist for over 30 years now. I hate to say that because it makes me feel very old. So you started when you were 10? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, I graduated. I started practicing in 92, so it has just been... Um, no, that would put it. That's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. So um, so, so I, I've dealt a lot over the years with typical clinical issues that people come to see me for depression, anxiety, but, but depression is what we're going to focus on today. So depression affects an estimated one in 15 adults, 6.7% in every, any given year. And a lot of these stats come from the world health organization uh, one in six people will experience depression at some time in their life. Um, depression can strike at any time, but on average, first appears during the late teens to mid twenties. Hmm. And it's interesting, and I'll add to that. Most, I'll use this term, and I don't want I don't want to offend anyone or or kind of make them feel bad, but most mental illnesses manifest right around the the early twenties. Late teens, early 20s. So this kind of fits into to what I've seen over the years. Um, women are more likely than men to experience depression. I, I, some of those statistics I'm assuming come from postpartum depression, which is, which is natural for a lot of women. Um, typical, let's say, not natural. Um, some studies show that one-third of women will experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime. So some other sobering facts from the World Health Organization. Close to 800,000 people die due to suicide every year. Oh, that's sad. 800,000. That is sad. And it breaks down to one person every 40 seconds. And 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 I, and I when they break these stats down into seconds that really kind of blows my mind cuz cause, cause you you think well, while we're doing the show this is going to happen every at least every minute. Which is which is sad. It, it, it's really sobering—a sobering statistic. Hmm. Um, of course, it's a global phenomenon because there are humans all over the globe. Um, so, the World Health Organization also indicates that for each adult who dies by suicide, there are more than twenty others attempting. Hmm. So we know it's an issue, and and for those of you who have who have suffered with this, who have battled with this, No. Uh, that that that's a tough thing to go through and and when i see people in my office um I, and and you know you, those of you who've, who've dealt with this either with family members or yourselves mm. it it feels hopeless when you're in it so so let me let me kind of just and i, I want to kind of give you a, a a breakdown of what it is because a lot of people think things that may not be true, but they could be true. But let me break this down as we go on. So, major depressive disorder is defined as a common and serious medical illness that ne- negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Depression causes feelings of sadness or loss of interest in activities once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and decrease a person's ability to function at work and at home of course if you're if you're in that state and that in that uh, funk of depression you're, you're not going to feel like doing much hmm. so let me let me list a, a, i'll give you a list of symptoms and, and for those of you who who may have this will be a good evaluation for, for many people who who kind of have thought, well, am I, am I depressed or am I just sad? And sometimes it's hard to, to define that. So the symptoms can vary, of course, from mild to severe, but they include feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, changes in appetite, including weight loss or gain, unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in purposelessness, physical activity. Um, what that would mean would like pacing, hand wringing, nail biting, mm. things like that. Um, feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating or making decisions. And then of course, thoughts of death or suicide, mm. which, which is a when you're severely depressed, that kind of goes along with it. Now, as far as as far as diagnosing goes, and 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 this really doesn't matter, but if you were going to see a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and, and this is based on the DSM and the ICD nine ten codes, which 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 they use to diagnose people. So anytime you go to a doctor and they bill your insurance company, they have to give a code. This is your diagnosis code. Mm. I always hate that. That that's the one thing I don't like about what I do for a living. I love talking with people. I love helping them. But we have to classify everybody with a diagnosis, and I don't like I don't like putting that label on people because right. I'll have people come in to my office and say, "Yeah, you know, I'm bipolar," or um, <laughs> "You know, I'm I'm schizophrenic," whatever whatever their diagnosis had been before. Right? They 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 see themselves as that now, and I think that's I just think that's that does a disservice to the client,
0: oh, almost to themselves. Right you know cuz they they're coming in for when they come to you it's mm-hmm. almost they're coming for a second opinion right right so don't don't walk in with a preconceived notion that you already are that because you may have a different take
1: on it absolutely and and they could have a different take on it if they haven't hadn't just taken that and just identified with it right and i know this is hard for for some of you out there when i see a client for the first time and they say something like that like i'm bipolar and i'm like I said that may or may not be true, but I don't make any preconceived judgments on anybody until I talk with them and find out what's going on. Right. And, and I don't want people to have that negative self-image just based on something that may have been a diagnosis 20 years ago, but it might not be applicable now. Right. That's the big thing. So back to the diagnosis. Yes. Symptoms must be at last at least two weeks for an diag- a, a, a actual medical diagnosis of depression. That doesn't mean you can't experience it for four or five days. Uh, but in order to get, to get that diagnosis, it has to last for at least two weeks. Now, there are types of depression. Follow me on this because there's a misunderstanding out there that if you're depressed, something's wrong with you. Like like something's off. Right. Like you're miswired or something. Hmm. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to explain this as simply as possible without getting into the scientific facts of it. So there is such a thing as, as what we call situational depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, people know what this is because we've all experienced, and I'll I'll list some of the things, life experiences that could cause you to feel sad and depressed: mm. marital problems, fighting, divorce, uh, retirement, going away to school, having a baby. Mm. Negative financial situations, such as money problems or losing a job, the death of a loved one, social issues at school or work, mm-hmm. life or death experiences such as physical assault, combat, or natural disaster. And that I'm going to go off on a tangent here. We've been dealing with COVID for the last six months. A little bit. A lot of people I've been seeing are are they. It starts with anxiety about this when this thing first hit. And it's turned into anxiety and depression because we've been in this now, and and there's there's no foreseeable end to it. We're and, sick, and people we're si- just get way down
0: with that? We're six months into. Whenever you're listening to this
1: show, yes,
0: uh, we're six months into mm-hmm. the pandemic, COVID, yep. the shutdown. Yep, we're,
1: we're recording this right in the the. 11th of september which mm-hmm. is another unfortunate anniversary but uh, this is when we're recording this but but we've been in this for a while so people have have the people are just kind of they're just weighed down with this and it's it's just been ongoing um another couple of other situational things that could happen a medical illness or or just living in living in a situation that's dangerous mm-hmm. either a, a partner or a neighborhood or you know somewhere where you don't feel safe mm-hmm. So all of these things can cause what we call situational depression, and it's, and it's natural for someone, if somebody passes away that you're close to, it's natural to feel sad and feel depressed, and you go through those stages of grief, um, and it's natural to, to be, in the, and, and it's different for everyone. I always say it takes, it takes whatever time you need. Now, if 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 you're still grieving and in that state of depression after five years, some that that's probably that probably needs to be addressed. Right, right. Um, and again, I can't set that time frame, but I do know when it's too long, and sometimes that happens. Um, and then previous life experiences can affect the way you deal with stress. That that also can cause depression. Maybe you've had a traumatic childhood. Uh, maybe, maybe you had a bad home situation. Maybe you have constant mental health issues, such as anxiety, which could lead to depression. Um, and again, just just experiences in life can, can lead someone down that road of, of depression that we call situational. Hmm. That's the first type. The second type is what we call chemical depression. And when I say chemical, I'm not talking about external things. I'm talking about your internal brain chemistry, mm. the wiring itself. The wiring, yeah. And and we'll use wiring as a good term. And and I, and I'll 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 paraphrase kind of what chemical depression would would be. The brain is a complicated mechanism, and depression can come from a myriad of brain malfunctions. And we call them malfunction, not that you're crazy, not that you're you're. I, I I'm very careful because. Ever anybody could suffer from this, it, and it's not your fault because something is not happening right with your chemistry. It would be it would be the same thing if somebody had. Uh, I'm trying to think of something uh, a random disease that has nothing with nothing to do with how you live your life or what you do. Addison's Addison's it could come out of nowhere. It could be genetic. Mm-hmm. It, it it could be and 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 in fact studies have shown that depression can be genetic if mm-hmm. it runs in your family. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not something, it's not your fault. It's there's something off in your brain chemistry. So I'm going to, uh, for those of you who are listening, of course, this is a podcast. So most of you are listening to audio. I'm going to try to explain this and, and give you a visual. Our brains have synapses. That's how the electrical impulses are produced in our brain. And if you picture in your mind kind of a a um a ball joint where the ball goes into a socket. It doesn't seat directly in there. There's a space in there where there's space between the ball and the socket. So what happens is neurotransmitter carries electrical impulses from one point to another. That's what brain activity is. The, the best, over the years, I've, I've had a couple of different ways of, of analogies to use for this. The best thing I can think of is like a spark plug it's a it's an electrical current or an electrical signal jumping from one point to another and that's what causes brain activity so what happens with people with chemical depression one is one possibility is there's a lack of neurotransmitter dopamine serotonin there are a few others there could be lack of production of that therefore it slows down brain activity and that makes you depressed because your brain's not your brain is slowed down the other thing that could happen or the other way it could happen is that it's 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 not a lack of neurotransmitter but the way these synapses work is that they they use neurotransmitter to to produce that electric or carry that electrical impulse and then if if that neurotransmitter is not used it gets sucked back up just like an inter- internal combustion engine for those of you who are mechanics the fuel goes into the chamber it burns what isn't used gets pulled out so neurotransmitters the same way. If it doesn't get used, it gets pulled back in. So so it could be that it's taking back too much neurotransmitter. So it's either lack of production or that your synapses are taking too much back and they're, it's not using it to its full extent. Hmm. Trying to make it a simple, and I, uh, that, that's probably the best way without making it more complicated that I can explain that. That's why if anybody's ever taken antidepressant medication, there are two classifications. Uh, mao inhibitors and ssris hmm. one increases uh, neurotransmitter level amounts the other one prevents the up- reuptake hmm. they okay. work in two different ways there are two classes and all of the antidepressants fall in one of those two classes okay you heard a lot more about maois than anything else mm-hmm. in this day and age a- maois were, were back the original um you know going back to like Prozac would be a good example of one of the original um, big antidepressants. Okay. So, this could be chemical for you, or it could be situational. Either way, there are things that we can do to help you feel better. And this all goes back to the whole theme of this show: is to change your thinking. Because many things, especially if it's situational, we can address. We can work through grief. We we can um, get you through the stress of a financial difficulty. Things like that. Definitely, you can make changes and and change your thinking on there. So th- there there was a, and we're going to get into the hypnosis part because this is where where I come in. There there was there's a there was a a, a dispute a way back um, by a person. Um. Uh, this is a fr- from a site from Mark Terrell, and and he noted that the psychiatric people used to, to say that you shouldn't use hypnosis for depression hmm. because hypnosis would make people more depressed because you're putting them in them in a relaxed state, and that will, if they have past traumas or past experiences, you're encouraging them to relive those things. Oh, okay. On the contrary, I say that you don't have to revisit traumatic experiences. I know psychoanalysis in general for people, they would think that you have to go back and revisit everything to sort it out and get through it. That's not my belief. There's no reason to revisit a trauma or to relive it. We just change your thinking about it. Mm. So that's that's where, where I would come in with hypnosis. And there are some common things, believe it or not, between hypnosis and depression. One is what we call catalepsy. And again, I'm trying to get, get too technical here. But capital, catalepsy is, is a rigidity or a, or a disinclination to move your body. So I would say that when you're in a hypnosis, you don't feel like moving unless you're told to because you're in that such a relaxed state. When you're depressed, you feel like staying in bed. You don't want to move. The other one is like the loss of external contact. External contact. Meaning that when you're in that relaxed state, you're very much within yourself. You're, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there, whether it's your family, friends, whatever, work. You've kind of went inside of yourself. That's what I like to say. it. So those are good things because, because with hypnosis, we, we, we're already in a state of relaxation. We're already in a state of, of looking inward. What we do now is we start to change that underlying thinking pattern. And and those of you who've listened know the whole theme of the show is change your thinking, change your life. So when we when we work with depressed depressed people, Mm. people who have depression, our whole goal here is to change this underlying belief that you're sad. And I know that sounds simplistic, but what we look at is okay, if you make a decision that we just look at things that you can control you know if you're having relationship difficulties if somebody's passed away you can't you can't change that fact somebody's passed away mm-hmm. that's something you just have to look at and that that's something that we can work through if there's a relationship difficulty now you have some control you can do something to change that right. rather than just going inward and feeling sad and overwhelmed about it so what we do with hypnosis is that we reframe, I, I, I use this term a lot when I'm working with clients, is to reframe it in your mind. So you could look at a, a, a it's, it's, it's the same principle, whereas if you ask two witnesses of, of an event to give their feedback on it or, or say what they saw, they could be vastly different because they're coming from two different perspectives. So what we do with hypnosis and depression is we're going to reframe past events constructively. And then we just say, okay, just because you were abused as a child doesn't mean that's going to happen today. Right. And you reframe it as that, that's in the past. What's in the past shouldn't have any effect on me right now. And, and honestly, there, it shouldn't have unless you let it. Right. And, and that's the difficulty people have. It's, it's, they think that they're, they're a victim of their history. And I say, the whole part, the, the whole point of therapy in general, and, and even hypnosis itself, is that we don't have to. We can start today and decide exactly what we want to be or, or how we want to feel. That's the great thing about it. Right. You make a change. You make a change in how you think, and that changes how you feel. So what I want to, what I want to emphasize to listeners, if they are suffering from depression, don't t- talk to someone. Whether it be somebody you know, whether it be your partner, your spouse, um, your friend, don't sit with this by yourself because you don't want it to get worse. And, 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 and I, I, I have this disclaimer with clients all the time, and it's not a disclaimer. It's just my, my concern for them is that if, if you have any thoughts of hurting yourself, it's important that you talk to somebody immediately mm-hmm. because, just, because even though you might say, well, it was just a fleeting thought, that's fine. But we don't want it to go beyond that. And, and if you are thinking more seriously about it, I I, I tell clients this. I, I I tell them don't worry about anything or what anybody else is going to think. You have to be safe. If you have any thoughts, or if you have any plans, you need to talk to somebody or call nine one one or get to the hospital. It would be the same thing I would say to somebody who's having a heart attack. You wouldn't sit with that by yourself. Well some people might <laughs> right <laughs> and ignore it you would want to get to the hospital as soon as you can and mm-hmm. it's the same thing with depression and and i know that there is a stigma involved with this with mental health in general so i just want to let people know don't be a don't don't let that stigma prevent you from from taking action to help yourself mm. and the whole thing is to be safe and and know that as bad as you feel there there are you can feel better. And that, that's what I want. I, I want to push that. I want to say as a fact, because I, I've done, I've been doing this for 30 years. If you, if you work on it, you can change it and you can feel better. That is the big thing. So what I want to do is I want to give you and in the show notes, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes. Uh, it's my hypnosis for depression. MP3. It's hypnosis recording. It's about 30 minutes long, give or take a minute or so. Hmm. Um, but but don't don't ignore it. Take steps and do something about it. And this would be a first good a good first step, as long as you're not in a serious state of of uh, suicidal ideations, if that makes sense. If you're in that state, I need you to talk to someone or go to the hospital or call nine one one. If, if you just feel a, a, a general sense of depression, which which there's a term for it, it's called dysthymia. It's just this overall feeling of depression all the time, but it doesn't get severe. Um, definitely pick this MP3 up. Um, I use this in the office with clients all the time. It will benefit you. It will it will help encourage you and, and really just give you the realization. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I, I, I if I could say this a hundred times, I would but it would take a few hours. <laughs> you can change the way you think, and that's going to change the way you feel. I, that, that's the whole point of therapy is changing the way you think. And, and when you do that, changes in behavior, changes in feeling, changes in emotions, those just follow along. So look up uh, in the show notes for that hypnosis for depression we are going to see you next time, and and again, I want to make sure everybody's safe, and and I, I want to hear uh, also comment. Um, if, find me on social media too, if you, you want to make comments. I won't answer you directly, because um, again, I don't want anyone to be stuck with this. It's, it's it's really a it's a serious condition, and it's something that you can do something about. So we're going to move on. Our next episode, we are going to have a, it's going to be a little bit lighter, but we're still going to have you know have have some interesting conversation. We're going to be talking about the best and worst stage hypnosis routines. For those of you who've ever seen a stage hypnosis show, it could have been funny. It may not have been, but maybe that's because they were just doing crappy material. (laughs) You never know. So next episode, tune in, and we're going to talk about the best and the worst stage hypnosis routines. Change your thinking. Change your life. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind.